We knew that was coming, and so like I always say, the best is yet to come for our church, but not after that. I think from that, it's downhill from here. We're never going to top what you just saw as a church. And so I would just want to give a shout out to Wyatt David Hasselhoff Brown, pulling that one out for us, man. And, and here's what I need to do. Uh, I need to talk to Stephen Bell, who preaches here and does those videos for us, because Ricky and, uh, and Wyatt and, then, uh, and Neil and Amy Bedwell, that was their pontoon we were on that day, they can all testify that the footage that got edited out of the video is priceless, all right? So we need to put a B-roll video together, throw it up on YouTube. Um, but, uh, but I don't know, I, I was thinking this all week, I have to preach after that. Uh, and so I don't know how to do that, but I guess I've got to try all right, so, um, but hey, today, if, if it is your very first time ever here at Summit, uh, man, you picked an awesome day to come on, honestly. Uh, we've had fun, man. Our worship team just did an amazing job. I love that new song. I just love that prayer, Show Me Your Glory, man. That's awesome. Uh, cry for our church. But if today's your very first time at Summit, you really did pick a great day to come. And uh, you know what? If today is your first time, Man, we would love to connect with you after church. Out there in the lobby, uh, table to your right is our welcome table, and we've got a free gift for all of our first-time guests. And so if today's your first time, listen to me. Um, We gave you a connection card when you walked in. There's a box on the front that says first-time guests. Would you just do us a favor? Check that box. Visit that table out there in the lobby uh, to your right, and we would love to give you a free gift that we have especially for you and, uh, and something else that we do right after church is every Sunday right after church, right up here in this front area, just for about five or ten minutes, I usually hang out over here. Some of our staff does. We have what we call the VIP event, and that's just to meet anybody that's new to our church. And we have people every week that come up to me right here and say, hey, I've been coming a year. I've been coming six months. Last week was my first time. And uh, there's just so many people come. We just love to meet you, connect, and give you some info about our church, maybe help you know how to get plugged in. So I'd love to meet you here or at least visit the welcome table. All right, out there in the lobby to your right. Um, I'm going to pray, and, uh, and we're going to jump in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. And God, thank you uh, just for what we've talked about in these past couple of weeks. We've had fun and things like that with the videos that we've uh, seen the past couple of weeks, just thinking about fishing. Uh, because, Jesus, you called us to be fishers of men. That's just what you called us to. You said, follow me, and then automatically we're going to become fishers of men. God, we can't get close to you without having a heart for people. We just can't. And so, God, I pray that as we wrap this series up, uh, and God, especially today, with what we're talking about, something really tailor-made for our church, uh, God, I pray that you would um, not let us forget uh, what we've talked about, we've learned, what you have taught us uh, over these past four weeks. God, speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, well, hey, like, like I said, if today's your very first time here, like, like Summit is uh, something you're checking out, you wouldn't really say that you're a part of this church or anything, but maybe you got invited here or whatever, you picked a great day to come because today is, um, today is honestly, it's a family talk, all right? So since we started this series uh, four weeks ago, I said, listen, Summit, if, this, if you say that Summit is your church, like you're a part of this church, uh, please be here. That's what I've been saying every week. Please be here on June 28th. And so today is really a family talk. So, so that doesn't mean that if you're not a part of Summit, check out, because honestly, uh, you, you're, you're going to get something today. I believe God's going to speak to you no matter how old or, or where you're at today. doesn't matter who you are. God's got something for you today. Don't check out because you're thinking, well, I'm not really a part of this church. I'm just here today. I don't know if this is for me. Trust me, it's for you, but let me just say, uh, Summit, this is for you, okay? There's something that God's just really been laying on my heart doing in me, and I think that God has said, you know what? You need to talk 
to the church about this. Uh, because because here, here's, here's my heart, and here's what I want to say to us. You know, this September, uh, Summit will be four years old. Before in September. And we've seen God do amazing things these past four years. Have we not? Amen. As a church, we've seen God do amazing things. I thought it was amazing this morning to see Amy and her daughters baptized, her husband baptized a couple of weeks ago. And listen, over the past four years, we've seen God do that. A lot of people have met Jesus. A lot of people have been baptized. A lot of families have been put back together. A lot of people, a lot of you, listen, some of you, four years ago, if I would have came up to you four years ago and said, hey, you know what? This time, four years from now, you're gonna love Jesus and be in church every week. You would have said, you are smoking crack. And here you are, loving Jesus and in church every week, right? Because that's just what God does. We've seen God do amazing things these past uh, four years. And, And here's my fear. My fear is that we would stop being fishers of men and become keepers of the aquarium. Now, how many of you, just by show of hands, you have been to an aquarium, you've seen an aquarium, at some point in your life, you have run into an aquarium. Doesn't matter how big, how small, you've seen an aquarium, you've been to one, raise your hand right now, raise your hand right now. Every person in the room. Awesome, I knew that would happen. Uh, My family, my family has been to its fair share, honestly, of aquariums, and, and that's because my, my kids love aquariums, but really, honestly, my oldest daughter, Cassidy, she just turned 10 this year, since she was really little, it's just a passion that God's just put in her heart. She just loves all things related to the ocean. She has always loved sharks, like ever since she was little, you know, ever since she was little, she's always loved sharks and dolphins. She's just loved the ocean and ocean animals, and so just to kind of, just to kind of keep her, you know, keep that fire going, we went to SeaWorld a couple of weeks ago, on vacation, and we were watching the Shamu show, and she's sitting next to me, and she says, one day I'm going to work here. You know that, right? And, and, and listen, and she means it. Like, she's totally serious. Like, like, since Cassidy came out of the womb, her plan for life is she is going to be a marine biologist, you know, whatever, doing something somewhere. And she just loves this stuff. And so we just, man, we just always done aquariums. It's just something that our family has been to. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you go to SeaWorld or you got an aquarium with two goldfish in your bedroom. All aquariums have common characteristics. Did you know this? Right? You know what I'm talking about. All aquariums, it doesn't matter how big and cool and awe-inspiring it is when you go there. doesn't matter how big, how small. All, care, all aquariums, rather, have pretty much the same thing going for them. I mean, all fish in an aquarium, have you noticed they do the same thing every day? Have you noticed that? Like, it doesn't matter. And listen, it doesn't matter. You can be that person. I've been that person before. You know the person that walks into the glass? Hey, fish. Hey, Hey, fish, look at me. Have you ever seen those guys, right? Look at me. Hey, fish, fish, right? Like as if there's ever been a point in history where the fish stopped swimming and said, what's up? Didn't know you were coming today. Good to see you, right? The fish, listen, all aquariums, all aquariums, the fish have no idea, no sense at all of the outside world. It's just their little bubble. Fish, they've done the same thing. Fish in an aquarium, they just do the same thing every single day. They swim back and forth, back and forth. Visit an aquarium today that you visited five years ago. You know what that fish is doing? Back and forth, back and forth. You know what? If you own an aquarium, it's all maintenance, isn't it? Just kind of keep the green snot from getting on the glass. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't own an aquarium. I've seen Finding Nemo. That's my aquarium knowledge, right? Right? Just try to maintain so that those 
fish can live. And listen, listen, listen. I promise you, I promise you, I don't have a single church in mind when I say what I'm about to say, but too many churches can fall into the trap of stop being fishers for men, and they, they can become keepers of the aquarium. And again, I'm not talking about any specific church, but too many churches have lost sight of the outside world around them, right? People around them are lost. They have needs. The world is hurting. But too many churches have opened their doors today, and the biggest thing going on is their own world. You can tap the glass. You can beg for help. But by and large, they're just keeping the aquarium and exist for themselves. Too many churches have done the same thing they've been doing for 30 years. Amen? Amen? Instead of doing whatever it takes to be fishers of men, which is exactly what Jesus called us to do, too many churches, and again, I'm not talking about a church. Who's he talking about? I'm not talking about anybody. But too many churches can get stuck in the rut of doing the same thing that they've been doing for the past 50, 75, 100 years, and they're just keeping the aquarium. It's all maintenance. Too many churches are satisfied that the doors opened this morning and the lights worked when they flipped the switch. They haven't seen anybody saved or baptized in years, but the fact that their lights are on this morning is a win. That's not what Jesus died for. Too many churches have stopped being fishers of men and we've subtly become keepers of the aquarium. And I just want to say to our church that God has called our church to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. Let's be honest with you. A few months ago, about specific, it was in April. It was in April. And I was preaching at church in Bardstown for a week, and I was, I was in my hotel room, and, and I just really felt that God spoke to me in April, and God spoke specifically into my life, and he said, Mark, I want you to recommit to the vision that I gave you when you started this church. Mark, I want you to recommit, one, your relationship with me. And I want you to recommit the vision, yourself to the vision that I gave you when you started this church. And God gave me a verse. God gave me a specific verse. If you walked up to me, you said, Mark, what's God been speaking into your life? I would tell you exactly this verse that's gonna be on the screen right here. This verse has just been on me since April. Luke 9, 62. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for, some translations say, service in the kingdom of God. And I just really felt, and I've been feeling every single day as if God is saying to me, Mark, I want you to put your hand to the plow again. I want you to put your hand to the plow in your relationship with me and pursue me and seek me. I want you to put your hand to the plow and recommit to the vision of this church. And it's the vision of being a church for unchurched and de-churched people where no matter who you are and no matter what you've done and no matter where you've been, you can come. And this is a safe place where we will accept anybody because the grace of God is open for every single person and anyone can come. It's okay at Summit Community Church to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way because we believe in this church that the grace of God can change anyone, amen? We believe that the grace of God can take anyone. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they've been, but that the grace of God can make the difference. I just believe that God has been wanting me to recommit myself to the vision of not just a church, but a kingdom 
vision. A church that plants other churches regionally. That's why we're starting a campus in Whitesburg. And you're going to begin to hear more things about that. But not just churches regionally, but a church in eastern Kentucky that plants churches regionally and internationally. I've just been sensing that God wants me to put my hand to the plow again. And in the past month and in the past week since April, I just really believe that God wanted me to come and say that to you. To share that message, to share this idea, this thought with our church. And so today, honestly, I've been praying for the past month and I woke up this morning and I was praying that today God would break our church for what breaks his heart. That God would remind our church today of why we're here. That every teenager would be reminded That every adult would be reminded that maybe today God would speak into your heart and speak into our church's heart, every single one of us. Just simply a word that would say, hey, I want you, insert your name, to put your hand to the plow again. Maybe to put your hand to the plow in your marriage. Maybe to put your hand to the plow again to being a godly dad and that your kids would see Jesus in you. Maybe to put your hand to the plow again to reach your softball team, your baseball team, your cheerleading squad, the basketball team, to reach your classmates, to reach your coworkers, that God would speak to you and say, hey, you know what, I want you to recommit to going hard after me, to a relationship with me. Maybe you can sense this in your life, Summit. Maybe at one time, man, you were just on fire for the things of God, and you were inviting people to church in conversation and on social media, and you weren't perfect, but man, you were growing, and then, and then life crept in. You know what I mean? In a vibrant relationship with Jesus, you didn't plan on it, but suddenly shifted into maintenance. And you're still coming, and you still give, and you're barely hanging on. Maybe God would speak into your life today. He would say, hey, you know what? You are still loved. And I want you to put your hand to the plow again. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go to the verse that we've been at every single week that started this series, uh, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn it there. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. It's the verse that, theme verse for the whole series. It's, uh, go ahead and look it up on your phone or whatever. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 is where I want you to turn, all right? And, here, and here's what I'm going to do today. Here's what I'm going to do today. I want to ask you three questions. It's a good crowd here today. It's an awesome day outside. It's the middle of summer. This, crowd, this kind of crowd statistics say shouldn't be in church. We've got a good crowd here today. You know what? If I could have coffee with every single person in our church today, one, I would be really jacked up on caffeine, And two, I would just want to ask you three questions. I'd ask every teenager, if we went out to lunch after church today, I'd ask you three questions. I'd ask every adult. I don't care who you are. I just want to ask you three questions. If I could have a conversation, you and me, hanging out, I would ask you these three questions. So you need to answer these for you. Your parents can't answer these for you, and the person around you can't. You've got to answer these for you. And here's the first question. Here's the first question I want to ask you today. Will we passionately pursue Jesus as a church? I want to ask our church today, and and again, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you today. Will we passionately pursue Jesus as a church? 
says this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says this, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Let's all read that together out loud. Let's all read it out loud. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He says, follow who? Me. He says, follow me. Jesus is giving them an invitation. Jesus gives the disciples, he gives Peter and Andrew, James and John, by extension, every person who has ever had a relationship with Jesus, Jesus gives them an invitation. Hey, you, I want you to follow me. It's an invitation to a passionate pursuit of your creator. It's an invitation to a relationship. I think it's funny that Jesus doesn't say keep rules. Hey, you, keep rules and be fishers of men. Because we think that's what it means to follow Jesus, don't we? It's just a bunch of keeping rules, kind of keep your nose clean, don't cuss. That's basically what it means. Jesus doesn't say keep rules and be fishers of men. Oh, here's this one. Jesus doesn't say, do you want to go to heaven? Did you know that Jesus never said that actually? He never said that. Do you want to go to heaven? Jesus instead is giving an invitation, follow me. See, God never intended for his people to be bored with him. Instead, God's design and desire was always that you and I would have a passionate relationship with Jesus, that we would be hungry for him, that we would long to know him more, that the more that I know him, the more I want to get to know him. That's why God put a book in the Bible named Psalms. I love Psalms. I love, I love Psalms. If you're, if you're not reading the Bible right now, like if you're not doing one of our dive-in Bible reading plans, Mark, I want to read the Bible. It's too big. Where do I start? Psalm 1. Just read one a day. Read one a day. I love the book of Psalms because Psalms is basically a journal. It's David and a few other guys. It's their journal just about what God is doing in their life and their love for God. And I want you to see, I want to give you some examples of the way that the Bible describes what a relationship with Jesus should look like. And I want you to see that it never describes a relationship with Jesus as an hour on Sunday. Never describes a relationship with Jesus as just keep rules. Watch this, Psalm 63, verse one. God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. God, my, my soul is thirsty. My flesh is long enough. God, I want more of you. Look at the next one. Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you ever had a meal that was so good you had to tweet about it? Man, I'm not talking about Hot Pockets right now. Come on, right? Now, I know some of you have because I follow you on Instagram and Facebook, and all I see is what you're eating for lunch, and one day I'm going to show up unannounced because you're eating good, y'all, right? Have you ever eaten something that was so good that after that meal, you just compared every meal to that meal, right? Every time you ate, you thought about that restaurant. You thought about that thing that they made. You just wanted more of that. Man, it was so good. That's what, it says. That's what the Bible says, knowing Jesus is like. What's it like to know God? It's like a good steak. But when you think about it, your mouth waters and every bite you just want more. Knowing God is like that. The more you know him, you want more of him. The more you love him, you want to love him more. He is better than anything the world could ever give us. Taste and see. The Lord is good, Summit. Have you, have you tasted him? 
I love that. Have you tasted him? Didn't ask you if you come to church. Didn't ask you if you believe in God. Have you tasted how good God is? Mark, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're not saved. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's talk about the Bible. Is the Bible boring to you? Are you bored with it? You used to be fired up about it. You used to love getting into it. Now you're like, oh, come on. Watch this, Psalm 119. Go ahead and turn that. Psalm 119, 97. I love your law. We live in a world that hates God's law, right? Isn't God's law bringing us down, man? Isn't God's law boring? Isn't God's law holding me back? David says, I love it. I find life in it. I find air in it. My, I love God's law. It's my meditation all day long. I'll give, I'll give you one more. Psalm 119, 129. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. Why, would I, why do I obey God? Did you know the Bible never says obey Never does. It said, here's what the Bible says. God is so good, why wouldn't you want to? God, your testimonies are so good, therefore, I want to do everything that you say. I want to believe everything that you say. Will we as a church passionately pursue Jesus Christ? I told our leadership team a few months ago, I told our leadership team, I said, anytime you look at our church and you look at our church and you think, man, I wish our church was more like that. I wish our church had this characteristic. I wish our church did this. Don't look at our church and think, I wish they did that. The first and foremost thing you need to think, is it in me? I wish our church loved Jesus more. Do I love him more? I wish our church was hungry for God more. Am I hungry for him? Don't look, oh, you know what? That guy needs to pursue Jesus. Mark, you need to pursue Jesus. That guy in front of me and behind me needs to pursue Jesus. See, the question I asked is, will we as a church pursue Jesus? But here's how we're going to, here's the only way we can answer that. Will you passionately pursue Jesus? Will you? Will you do it? Will, will you passionately pursue Jesus Christ, will you go to him and say, God, I want to be thirsty for you again. God, I want to be thirsty for you and hungry for you for the first time. God, I want to open this book and not see words on a page. I want to know the author of the book. When I wake up or when I'm at lunch or when I'm at my locker, whenever I'm turning on my phone, when I open up your word, I want to meet with God. Is that you? Let me ask it this way. Do you want it to be you today? Is there anybody in our church that wants a relationship with Jesus that sounds like, God, I am so thirsty for you. God, you are so good. I want more of you. Listen, if that's where you're at, if you want that kind of relationship with Jesus, the invitation is open to put your hand to the plow and begin pursuing him that way. Will we, will you passionately pursue Jesus Christ? I believe God's calling me to passionately pursue him again to passionately pursue him, not because I'm a pastor, not because this is what I do, but because of who he is and what he's done in my life. Second question I wanna ask you, second question I wanna ask you is, do we believe that there are people that God wants our church to reach? Do we believe that there are people that God wants our church to reach, Matthew chapter 9, 37, it says this. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. What that means is there's a lot of lost people in Hazard. There's a lot of lost people in Perry County. There are more lost people in eastern Kentucky than there are Christians. There are. 
The harvest is plentiful at your school. There's a lot of people that need Jesus in your life, but here's the problem. The laborers are few. See, do we believe that there are people that God wants our church to reach? Will you do something? Will we do something about it? I just want to jump back onto what I said last week. There are lost people around us that could walk to the forum and choose not to. Does it bother you that there are people within a walking distance right now that don't have a relationship with Jesus? Does it bother you that people are lost? And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, Mark, it used to. Hey, listen, if it used to, put your hand to the plow again today. You can get a heart that's in tune with God's heart again. But here's what I know. I've been in church work long enough to know it doesn't bother everybody. It doesn't bother everybody. In fact, you might have been here every single week of this series. You don't intend to do a thing with what we said. You've heard it. You amen, maybe. Think, yeah, that was good. But you don't intend to do a thing about it. It doesn't bother you at all. And there could be a couple of different reasons why it doesn't bother you. One, maybe it doesn't bother you that there are lost people because you think Jesus is wrong about this one. You just think Jesus is wrong about this one. You know, so when Jesus says something like John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, nobody comes to the Father but through me, you think he's wrong. You know, you don't really like that. I talk to people all the time. I talk to people all the time that read something in the Bible, it interferes with their life, and so they all of a sudden don't like that part, but they like the other parts that, can, that they can fit in. Right? That, that's a little too close for me. That, if, if that's true, I'm going to have to change some things. I don't like that, but I love this. People always like the heaven parts of the Bible. Right? It's other stuff that we don't like. In fact, in fact, a lot of times people want to all of a sudden act like they got a Bible scholar degree. Oh, well, surely the Bible's been changed so much because of translation after thousands of years. We don't know the original meaning of the text. Right. In fact, hey, maybe you're here, and I always ask people this question who say that to me. And let me ask you this question. If you think Jesus is wrong here, let me ask you this question. What is he right about? It's a big deal that Jesus would get this wrong. Can I get an amen? If Jesus gets this wrong, I want to know where can I start to trust him. If if one part of, here's a question I ask people all the time. If one part of this is wrong, at what point can I start to trust it? And who has the authority to make that decision? Because I want to meet him. That's a big deal. So maybe you're here and you don't care because you think Jesus is wrong. And it's funny that you like certain things that he said and you dismiss other things that he said. Or maybe you're here and you don't, and you don't, and you don't care. It doesn't bother you that there are lost people. Because you think that at the end of the day, everybody goes to heaven. You think surely there's a back door, surely there's a way that, listen, Mark, ultimately everybody goes to heaven. That's an idea called universalism. Universalism says that at the end of the day, everybody goes to heaven. And my question is, if that's you, then why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die and come back from the dead unless sin really does separate us from God? We couldn't pay for that sin. Jesus himself paid for it because he knew that he came to open a way to heaven and he was that way and there is no other way. Or, and this is the worst one of all, this is the worst one. You just don't care. Your friends are saved, your kids are saved, your wife's saved, all your, everybody in your circle's saved. You don't care about anybody else. And hey, listen, listen, if that's you, I just want to say to you, and I love you, friend, you couldn't be farther from the heart of God this morning. And you need to beg God to do something in your life today. 
See, will we passionately pursue Jesus as a church? I believe God's calling us to that. Do we believe that there are people that God wants our church to reach? And let me just answer that for me. I believe there are people that God wants our church to reach. I believe that God is not done with Summit Community Church. I believe that the best days of this church are ahead, even though we filmed Wyatt on a jet ski and put the Baywatch song over it. We can still do better than that. It's going to be hard, but we can. I believe that God wants our church to reach people. And that leads right to number three, last thing and I'm done. Will you play your part? Will you, will we, will we play our part? See, because we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. And I love that Jesus, when he walks up to these guys, he's not walking up to Bible scholars. He's not walking up to preachers. Jesus walks up to fishermen and says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What that means is this. Here's what it means. God can use anybody. God can use anybody. God can use anybody as long as they're available. And listen, God wants to use you. God has a part to play for you, no matter how young, how old. If the Holy Spirit of God is in you, God's got a part for you on his mission to save the world. I love these verses. I love Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12. It says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherd and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Look at that last, look at that line in the middle. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. God gave to the church pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets, apostles, so that they could equip the saints to do ministry. Question, who are the saints? It's you and me. If you're a Christian today, you are a saint. A saint, holy cow, man, I kicked the dog and cussed out the guy that was driving too slow this week. Well, then you're a messy saint. Apologize to the dog and move on, right? But you are. You are a saint. Too many people treat the church like a cruise ship, when in reality, it's a battleship. See, the church is a battleship, and some of you need to know we're at war. And we are not at war with anybody flesh and blood. We are not at war with anybody that lives in this community. We are not at war with anybody that you can see. We are at war with the devil and everything he's got. There is a devil. He's real. And he hates what we're doing. We are at war. And just like a battleship, everybody's got a position they need to work. Everybody's got a place they need to hold. If somebody doesn't do their role, the battleship runs the risk of getting shot and sinking in the middle of the battle. Everybody has a role to play, you and me. The church is a battleship, not a cruise ship. Too many people treat the church as if the name of the church is Carnival, First Baptist Church. Or Carnival Community Church. Or Carnival Pentecostal, sort of David, word of God, church. Right? Right? It happens here every week. Oh, it's about to get touchy, and that's why I saved it to the end so I can run out the back because I can run faster than you, I bet. Happens here every week. People walk in, you wouldn't say this, but here's what you think. The band better be good. See, not everybody's laughing. Oh, some people are ticked off already. Just wait, I'm getting started. The band better be good. Oh, oh, Mark, he better be good. What, he's not there? I ain't going. Woo! He better be good. Hey, Mark better tell good stories. He better be be funny. My husband hasn't stayed awake in church in 35 years. He better be funny. Keep my husband awake. 
Better be good. Better tell good stories. Better get me out by 12. And I've already shot that by four minutes. Oh, somebody better be there to take care of my kids. Somebody better be there to take care of my kids. Now, I would never serve in kids, but somebody better because my kids are hellions. And I need one hour away or I will do prison ministry on the inside. Right? Somebody better serving kids and it ain't me. When are we going to get in that building? Somebody better give. I won't, but somebody better. Oh, that was awesome. That was so good. Man, that wasn't even in my notes. I might get saved today. I don't know. The band hadn't come back up and started yet. I'm thinking about it. This is a battleship. This is not a cruise ship. In the back of the forum, we don't have a kiddie pool with a slide. This is a church. And listen, listen. We didn't start this church because Hazard needed a cool church. What a stupid idea. Hey, you know what Hazard needs? A cool church. No, more like they need a hole in the head, they need a cool church. No, Hazard needs a church where it doesn't matter who you are, you come because Jesus can save your life. We don't care. We don't care what you, we don't care what you dress like. We don't care what you smell like. We don't care what you did last night. We don't care what you we don't we don't care. We just want you to come because we believe that Jesus is greater than anything that's in our lives. This is, this is not us trying to be cool. This is us. This is me. This is our staff. These are our leaders saying, God, we are messed up. And a lot of times we don't know what we're doing, but we are available to you. And so maybe you're here today and you're sitting in your seat and, you're, and God's been speaking into you just these past few minutes. And I want to say to you today that if you're sitting there and you're thinking, Mark, it is too late for me. I'm in the middle of a job. I'm in the middle of a circumstance. I'm in the middle of a situation. Mark, it is too late for me. I used to be really excited about what you're talking about. But Mark, those days are gone. And I just want to say to you, Luke 9, 62, Jesus says that any man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. What that means is this. You can put your hand to the plow again today. You can come back again today. It is not too late to save your marriage. It is not too late to get that passion for God back. It is not too late to see your school change for Jesus Christ. If you're saying it is too late, I want to say to you today, I just feel like I need to tell somebody today, it is not too late. You can put your hand to the plow and go forward in the grace of God. You can And I believe that's what God wants me to do. And so here's what I'm going to do today. You might not do anything, and this might not take long at all. But I just believe that God, at the end of this sermon, wanted me to come right here and get on my knees and in front of our church just recommit and say, God, my hand's on the plow again, and I'm going to go. And, it, and this is a no-guilt-free zone. I hate churches that are driven by guilt. Because if I make you feel like dirt, that will end Tuesday afternoon. See, I've been praying that I make you feel bad. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit of God would move in our church today because when the Spirit starts something, the Spirit finishes what He starts. Guilt will get you to Tuesday. Spirit of God will get you to heaven. And so here in just a second, I'm just going to come around, and you might not do anything. I'm going to get on my knees here, 
Let me say, God, I want to put my hand to the plow again. And if God has spoken to you today, I want to challenge you to do the exact same thing. And we've been here for four years, and I know that there are a lot of you in here, and when it comes to this time, you're like, oh, man, listen, I would love to. I, I don't do things like that. People might, look, people might think I'm weird. People might, I, don't know, I don't know what people will think about me. I could never do something like that. Listen, listen, listen. Those kind of thoughts have kept you from experiencing everything that God would want to do. And listen, listen, you're right. You can pray to God right there where you're sitting today. But I just believe that God wants for a lot of people today to be a stake driven into the ground to say, you know what, I made a move there and I remember the day at Summit when I put my hand to the plow one more time. And if God's spoken to you that way, then I just invite you. And if it was all, every person in here, that would be amazing. If it's just one, that's amazing. But if it's just me and God just, I don't know, God put this together because God just wanted to do something in my life today, then give me a couple minutes and then I'll let you go. But if God's spoken to you today and you're thinking, man, I I think God wants me to put my hand to the plow again, then I'm going to come down here and I invite you to come. So if God's spoken to you and you feel like God is speaking to you in that way, stand up out of your seat, make your way forward and join me right here. Let's pray today. Let's just put our hand to the plow again. As individuals, as teenagers, as men and women, as a church, let's put our hand to the plow and pursue Jesus together.